0: Today on Locked On Rockies, the battle of the basement for the NL West.
1: You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked On Rockies Podcast for today, this is eighth day of July. 8th. I'm Paul Holden, your Rockies fan extraordinaire, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies talk on your favorite Colorado Rockies podcast, the Locked On podcast, the Locked On Rockies podcast. Proud to be your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Sports Card Investors. Rocky fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card. Investor app today on Locked On Rockies. We are diving into the Diamondbacks matchup and ranking the divisions of baseball with Millard Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. So I'm gonna quit yakking and we're gonna
1: dive right into that right now. Talking to Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies today to break down the upcoming matchup against the Rockies and do a little division power ranking. So without further ado, let's bring him on the pod. Let me take out my little title, Paul. you doing today sir we got a nice little matchup coming up between our two teams
0: i'm uh i'm excited i mean as much as i want to say i feel great about my baseball club that's not necessarily where i'm at in the season but diamondbacks rockies is always fun i think you can always guarantee some game where it's going to be like this is kind of boring up until the fourth and then it's going to end something like an eight six ball game with four home runs hit in the final frame so well, at least uh, I'm I'm somewhat okay. Chris Bryant's back in the lineup, traditionally consistently.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I want to ask a little bit about Chris Brown, but yeah, the D-backs in these Rockies series have been interesting. The D-backs took this first series two out of three, and then the Rockies came back in the second series and took two out of three, and I think both of them kind of had, like, the same beats where it was like what you said, maybe you started the game slow, and then all of a sudden we see maybe an offensive explosion late in. We usually see the two teams, like, change leads, where one team will go up, and then maybe another team takes over in the seventh inning, and a lot of the games have had a lot of drama. They've pretty, been pretty interesting. I remember back in that first series, I think Mark Melanson had a, had a, a Saturday night where he could shut down the Rockies for a backs mm-hmm. when you guys come back against him in the ninth inning. So I think this will be another game where there'll be a lot of fireworks and be pretty close. But overall, though, how are you just enjoying the season, Paul, as a Rockies fan? Are you enjoying the season a little bit more than last season? I just want to know overall how your psyche is right now. I'm
0: not. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I, I, I had better, I had higher hopes for this Rockies team. As we talked about the last time we did a crossover, we talked about our roundtable spot. I went into this season really believing in um, some of the stuff that the Rockies did. Not all of the stuff the Rockies did, but, but some of it. Uh, obviously, Chris Bryant being injured for most of the season, he can't really control that. It got worse than, than, than we thought. But this Rockies starting pitching staff has really put a damper and it's headlined by Herman Marquez, who I thought this year, I thought this was my big, I I didn't put it out there too much, but my, my big bold hot take that I wanted to say before the season started was Herman Marquez was going to throw the next no hitter in Colorado Rockies history this season, Hmm. leading to a back-to-back all-star game appearance for him. And, This if if we there was a piece in the Colorado Springs Gazette, I think today or yesterday, and it was saying that uh as my uh dog is loves to get fired up about uh Rockies pitching talk. But um if the season was to end today, uh two Rockies pitchers, uh Herman Marquez and Austin Gomber, would finish with their career worst ERAs. And if then uh behind that Two other Rockies starters would finish with their second career worst ERAs in Kyle Freeland and Antonio Sensatella. And now this is a Rockies team that doesn't hit home run. The Rockies have gotten over 40 percent of their home runs from two players this year. The Rockies only have two players that have hit more than 10 home runs this season. And while it's been great to see CJ Crone be one of the best first basemen in baseball, and Charlie Blackman still a effective contributor for this Rockies team. I can't help but say that there's a lot to be disappointed by. There's, there is there is still some stuff to be encouraged by by the Rockies and enjoy. And and you kind of get that there's still pieces to like. But we're 11 games below 500 fighting a basement war against the Diamondbacks. Is there really anything that that's sitting there saying I'm this excited about the Colorado Rockies right now? And I don't think the return of Chris Bryant's enough.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing about the Rockies pitching is because we all know about course field, like you go there, your offense is going to be phenomenal. Right. But when you actually look at the Rockies pitching splits, like, I just saw it. They, they have like a five ERA at home and a four, nine, seven ERA on the road. Like they're literally the same pitching staff, both home and away. So you couldn't even make the argument if you want to, to say, you know, it's Coors Field, Hermain Marquez, he's still been great outside of the stadium. He's still been great on the road. He just getting lit up at home, you know, just getting lit up at home. That's not really his fault, but it does seem like it's part of his fault. And so as a Rockies fan, like, are you looking toward the pitching coach? Or are you looking toward Bud Black? Like, Who's kind of the person you're putting the blame on? Because it doesn't seem like you could blame Coors Field. The, The splits are the same, whether it's home or away. And like you said, you thought this was going to be the year where Jermaine Marquez maybe took that step in his development, and we haven't seen it. Guys like Kyle Freeland, they were good in 2020. They've taken a step back. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen a ton from Austin Gomber in terms of positive success, but I don't think you acquired him because you thought he was a bad pitcher. Like, you thought he was going to be good, and it hasn't happened either for him. So why do you think this pitching staff has struggled so much? Who do you look at to blame? I think the pitching
0: coach needs to go. I think mm. the whatever the, the 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 status, whatever change, because I think the this is a, a new a new look for the pitching coaching staff of the Rockies. I think they do, I think they did make a change, and Bud Black is a pitching first manager. That's this thing. I, I don't know if Bud Black is the one to 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 hold responsible, but we I do have to sit here and say. Bud Black's teams have not been the most offensively great teams, and now we're seeing what he's supposed to be a guru at. The pitching has completely fallen apart, and these are all pitchers the Rockies have committed to. Extended Marquez, extended Sensatella, traded their franchise player for Austin Gomber, who uh, was in the bullpen secretly. Like This is a story that I I feel like hasn't been talked about enough. The Rockies traded Nolan Arenado for Austin Gomber, and not even two seasons later, they've already, if there wasn't an injury to Senatella, if there wasn't an issue with the rotation, Gomber is already in the bullpen. And that is not what you trade Nolan Arenado for. And, and and my my one thing I will say, I think Kyle Freeland's stats are misleading this year in the fact that his defense has let him down in multiple games where they have booted balls, errors. Uncharacteristic Rockies defense has plagued, especially during Freeland starts, but he's also given up the long ball that he's had a history of doing, and he still has the second highest ERA of his career. So it's obviously not all of that, but I think Freeland is the one where you can kind of look and say, "I'm not going to be as upset as I am when it comes to the rotation as I am with Marquez, Sensatella, and and Gomber." Those are the three players that needed to be dominant for the Rockies, and if they're not. The Rockies aren't in good positions. And Herman's and not necessarily getting bit too hard. He gets just bit badly. It's the home run. He's giving up so many more home. His home run pace, he, he's on pace to give up more home. He's, I, I think I talked about this on my show when I was recording earlier today. If I have the numbers right, and I should look them up, but Herman Marquez has given up, I believe, 17 home runs this year already. In all of 2021, his all-star season, 21 home runs in the entirety of the season and that even came with a big influx at the end of the season because most of the time he was dominant at keeping uh batters off there has been a massive regression for the rockies pitchers that pitch to contact like senzatella and gomber a little bit as well the they, they are not they are not getting weak contact people are blasting Rockies pitching and and even if they're loud they're, they're outs but they're loud outs. They are balls in the zone that are getting absolutely hammered but not enough. You know, they're just missing it or whatever. Um the exception being though, the Rockies do go out, take a flyer on a vet and Chad Cool has been a yeah. great pitcher for the Rockies I mean a couple of bad starts but had arguably one of the great Rockies pitching Chad cool now gets to etch his name in one of the greatest Rockies pitching performances of all time when he goes for a complete game shutout three hit shutout of the Dodgers I mean that that's something that there, that hasn't been done in a long time especially at Coors Field with this Dodgers team that has been great. But uh, yeah, you know, for, for me, when I really look on the disappointment of this season, the season, the, the two big things, the pitching staff and the bad defense, uh, the Rockies being uncharacteristically bad on defense has really hurt them. And the offense has been something we were worried about before and not, I think with Chris Bryant coming back, we'll see more improvements of, and, and some players are going to contribute, but uh, if you're talking about moves and changes that need to be made with the Rockies, it, the, the pitching, whatever, whatever changes, whatever ideas they brought for as a pitching staff in this off season into this year, it needs to be thrown out. and needs to be started all over. You need to go back to Herman and say,
1: what was working last year? So it doesn't feel like, you know, entering the season because the Rockies, you know, talked a lot about the world series and being potential, you know, championship contenders. It doesn't feel like this is the final year of, Bud Black but I don't know like do you think this could be a maker's break season for Bud Black if the Rockets finish last I only ask this because if you look at Bud Black's like managerial record he only twice in his like 15 year career has he won at least 90 games he's never won more than 91 games and he has one postseason win in his entire managerial career I don't understand how he's been a manager this long he literally has no track record of success under his belt well it's loyalty
0: and it's he gets to say I was the Rockies manager that brought the team to -to back-to-back postseason appearances. Whether you want to consider wildcard games uh, a postseason appearance or not, this is a guy that gets to say that he led a successful stretch of Rockies baseball, but he's also marred with the fact that he gets to be a manager of arguably some of the most disappointing stretches of rockies baseball this is a rockies team that should have been better under bud black's tenure this is a rockies team that should have made the playoffs three years in a row in 2019 bought at the deadline invested in nolan arenado and at this point i don't know i mean manager is such a weird thing but i at this point it's deeper than just bud black that there needs to be a full organizational structural cultural shift for the rockies and starts with the owner and in, as long as dick Montfort's in charge i don't he's gonna keep bud black i mean it's buddy black you know he's a big smile he's the guy he's gonna tell the media the same seven cliches over and over again he's a guy's guy it's is firing bud black and getting a new manager really gonna help the rockies compete with the padres the diamondbacks the giants and the padre I, and and the dodgers i i don't really think so i i, I it's it's a you need to change your whole philosophy as an organization. And I think a manager could, could help usher in that new era, but it's, it's much, much deeper than just Bud black. I know Millard's excited about this. I'm excited about this. Everyone is getting in on the hype of, trading cards, especially baseball cards. Baseball cards kind of, I feel like were part of the way that they started bringing stuff back, started bringing things back for uh, for people to be interested in cards. And I think baseball cards led the way. And well, guess what? Now at Sports Card Investor with the Sports Card Investor app, well, you're going to have all the tools you need to know about your favorite cards and you can chart the prices you can follow them you can see how much money your cards are worth or you can track that card that you've had your eye on for a long long time remember that rookie card remember that card that you had as when you were a kid that you loved but unfortunately just you didn't care about baseball cards as much as you do now and you lost it well at the sports card investor app we got all sorts of options. It's the hobby's most powerful resource, and you can quickly check the value of your favorite card, find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. There's over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds added each week. And they got all, that. what I really like is they have the tracking through eBay deals. So they got the big graph. They can find where they're where you're going. You can see the price of your favorite card. And all you got to do is download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. That's sportscardinvestor.com backslash
1: locked on. Paul, right now, that special someone in your life doesn't seem like it's Chris Bryant, because Chris Bryant, I mean, the numbers actually aren't terrible for Chris Bryant. I think the numbers that you really don't like to see are probably the games played and just the power department. So what's been up with Chris Bryant? Because I haven't followed him too closely. Like, why has he played this only like 30 games this season? What was up with him earlier in the year? a back injury keeps him out of the lineup for
0: much longer than we thought. Mm. And I don't know necessarily diving deeper into what actually caused that injury. It seems to trickle down to sleeping wrong on it. And then comes back, tries to make a stint off the IL and he was not able, he was pained. It was a painful experience for him. And honestly, probably was something that prolonged this experience, but that's, that, it was a back injury. And uh, what, what can you do? I mean, I, I think some people on, in the rockies twitter sphere are very critical of chris Bryant, especially at this he hits his first home run on july 5th i even kind of made a tongue-in-cheek comment about it as well you gotta gotta take a little bit of a grain of salt that the health was like yeah, a back injury like I, you know it, sometimes you gotta throw your hands up and especially he trained he came in and he slept wrong basically you know what, what are you gonna do there but the back is a very important part of everything you do in baseball so it's not one you're necessarily gonna be able to rush back or play through if you can't swing a bat but when we've seen Chris Bryant on the field yes the lack of power has been bad but for this Rockies team I don't care if Chris Bryant hits a dink dunk single like he has a million times what seems like this season if it scores runs I don't care if there's a runner on third and he drives a weak single over in there, that's fine. But I think now that he hit a home run, and it didn't go far over the wall, but he, he went he went yard in the deepest part of Dodger Stadium uh, there for, the, for his first home run. That could be a signal to get back. That could be a massive swing for the Rockies. Too little too late. I don't think uh, – the Rockies have to go on an insane stretch and have to dominate the NL West. To get the, to get their eyes on that third wild card spot. And, and the Rockies have mm-hmm. the second hardest schedule in all of baseball coming up for the rest of the season behind the Red Sox. Basically, the second half of the season is a couple of other games sprinkled in there, but you're playing your division. The, the, the Rockies didn't play the division hardly at all in the first half of the season. So you're gonna have these stretches like we're seeing now. Dodgers diamondbacks backed up with Dodgers Diamondbacks. You know, so it, it's, is, is Chris Bryant going to be enough to navigate that gauntlet? No, but the Rockies are going to score more runs. Chris Bryant, I, I have Chris Bryant finishing with a fine 280 batting average, double digit home runs, solid RBI numbers for his things. I think he's going to contribute, but again, it's, it's not enough. One, and that's a big commitment for, especially when you look at where you were relatively recently as a team. How are you going to, use the strengths of chris bryant and build around it and just by we we know that just adding chris bryant into this lineup isn't going to change everything because the rockies have lost back-to-back games against the dodgers and that's the biggest barometer can you beat the best in your division and right now the rockies the rockies have played the dodgers well this year but right now it hasn't made a difference in the past two games
1: So how are you feeling about that commitment to Chris Bryant right now? Are you already having maybe some regrets or like, let's just keep waiting and seeing because he's been so hurt this year. Or are you like, you know what? That trade deadline's only a few weeks away. We're the last place team in the NLS. Maybe Chris Bryant, while he's still in his prime, has the most value right now. It's a double-edged
0: sword because Chris Bryan is a great player. He's going to mm-hmm. make a great impact, and he committed to the Rockies. He went out. He signed the big deal. He said, I want to play in Colorado. And, and I think that, again, when he's in the lineup, the Rockies become a much more interesting team. But I'm a broken record, and I, and I do this over and over again. But, again, I want the Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, DJ LeMahieu team that yeah. very, very, very much could have been – the team of right now, the team that would be playing for uh, the, at their best, the team that's been playing together for a bit, a prime Rockies team. I, I think it's too early to sit here and say I have complete Chris Bryant remorse, but it's an eight year contract for a huge slice of pie. What this tells me, though, and what the, what I want the future of this to be is the Rockies can no longer hide behind small market. The Rockies can no longer sit here and say that they are on the same par as, say, the Diamondbacks. They are a top 10 team in attendance when they are 11 games below 500 course field is going to have more play or more fans than competitive teams throughout most of the season. And you showed a commitment to say, we're going to sign Chris Bryant to a big deal. We're going to extend Senza Freeland McMahon, Diaz, Crone, we're going to spend all this money. Now it's time to beef it up and spend more because you're making the money and you can attract certain types of players to come in. The bigger free name. Uh, if you can get Chris Bryant to come to Colorado, why can't you get XYZ to come to Colorado to beef up if you really want to buy and if you really want to be it's to say that you're going to contend? Because the narrative is 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 not going to work for Rockies fans. True Rockies fans know that this team is not competitive right now. True teams know that the Rockies are not avoiding a rebuild or all this stuff. We're not blind. This is not a team that's poised to win. There's not there's interesting pieces in the farm system, sure, but who's going to pitch? Where's your depth? We we've already we, this year has exposed the starting pitching in a huge way. So how are you going to improve on that? And, and again, doubling down, locking in and saying and going into the trade deadline as the Rockies and not selling is a bad move. There's no reason why the Rockies shouldn't try to build around Chris Bryant still being there. But your other exciting pieces, because this team right now isn't going to comp- the Dodgers and all these other teams are far and away a better club. And if you're not going to if you believe you're a draft and developed team, then you got to sell at this deadline and get the haul because now you have multiple pieces. You're in another situation for the Rockies where you have an interesting trade deadline. Uh, uh where you can have multiple pieces that you could move on from and get a haul from. I actually just did a crossover with locked on uh, MLB prospects and Lindsey Crosby thinks that CJ Crone can get you, uh, you know, if you're going after someone like into Tampa Bay, you might even be able to get their third best prospect a, a pitcher there uh, for someone like CJ Crone. But what do I think the Rockies are going to do with the deadline? They're going to trade one person for a reliever to Cincinnati and it's not going to matter. Just like they traded Michael Gibbons last year for nothing. And it's so, the Rockies have so much work to do as a front office organization before, which I think is almost a bigger deal than the product on the field.
1: Yeah. And, um, I don't think you want to be, uh, I think the I think the Rockies will probably be sellers at the deadline, but, I don't think you guys are going to be the whole blow it up team where you're trading the Blackmans and all those guys. Like if you trade CJ Kron, I think that would be a huge pivot point in that Rockies, you know, it's franchise. the Rockies
0: finally admitting and, and, yeah. and folding on a season, something they've never done in their entire history as a franchise. But this is the season to do it. You have all these interesting contracts. You're not long committed. As much as CJ as great as CJ Crone has been, you have Elizabeth Montero up with the team. You one of your top prospects. And what are you expecting him to play when it's at the big league level? First base. So have your 11 games below 500. Send him out there every day as the everyday first baseman and beef up your pitching staff and beat you, beef up your, your prospects for your pitching that you desperately need. Because what good is C.J. Crone hitting 335 home runs and 100 RBIs
1: for a 12-game-below-500 Rockies team at the end of the year? And I remember the point I was going to say now. Uh, you said you made a point about the small market, about how like it, it shouldn't matter because the, the Rockies are top ten in attendance. I've made this point a lot on my podcast, like the whole small small market idea is just a fallacy in baseball more than like any other sport. Like in basketball, sure, but in baseball it's more of an owner with a small market mentality. Because if you got an owner who's willing to spend, pretty much free agents have shown we'll, we're we we are willing to go anywhere as long as you're going to give me the bag. We saw it with Chris Bryant, we saw it with Carlos Correa. If you have a team willing to spend the money, you can attract free agents. It's just whether or not you have the owner willing to spend the money and teams like the rockies teams like the d-backs usually have very cheap owners who are not willing to spend the money so i think really baseball needs to bring in owners who are willing to spend the money and put the best product on the field because i think that's why we have this whole lockout and things because p- players are like we want to be play uh, we want to be paid fairly and we want to be able to play like we don't want all this service time manipulation that's what these front offices were doing because they're such cheapskates that they're trying to push down contracts further down the line and kick the can as long as possible so i think Baseball needs to get better owners in the sport because there's no small markets. It's only owners with small market mentalities.
0: We've got to take a quick pause here to remind you to get the best snack out there and to go and... Get something that's good for your body, but not something that sacrifices on taste. And well, that's a Built Bar. From the people who invented Healthy and Tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they do taste amazing all built bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you the best part about built puffs is of course they taste amazing but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you they are the perfect treat perfect for when you got a craving you need to satisfy your sweet tooth or if you need a quick healthy snack delicious Delicious built bars available at built.com. Use the promo code LOCK 15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Locked15 for 15% off your
1: order at built.com. NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. online is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And Betonline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Paul, it is time. We are going to power rank the MLB divisions. And actually doing this exercise, I actually like kind of found it easy if you're doing it based off this year. like I, I actually didn't have any trouble uh, powering the division. So I actually want to see... I want to go back and forth, starting from the bottom, starting with number six, and just see if we could have the same list. I think it's going to I think we're going to know if we have the same list based off who you have as your number six division on this. So Paul started off power ranking the best divisions in baseball, starting with the bottom the
0: bottom the NL Central the NL Central is the worst division in baseball when you are headlined by the Cubs Pirates and Reds all at uh, sub 500 records there uh, all double digits ab- below 500 uh, it's a clo- The Brewers and the Cardinals are both good teams, I will say that. But again, they are going to benefit greatly from getting to play a, a, an abysmal division and teams that the Rockies actually struggled against. This is a prime example of, of the Rockies, why they're in the situation they're in. They haven't been able to beat bad teams like the Pirates, uh, especially. But to, to, to kick things off, I think it's a pretty simple answer. The, the NL Central is, is number six for me.
1: Oh, glad to hear my team is not the only one struggling with the Pirates, but I think it's funny you have the NL Central at number six because that means this is going to be a fun exercise because I don't have the NL Central at number six, so a little bit higher on my list. I got the other Central on my list at number six, though so the AL Central. And basically how I did my rankings is I just looked at the teams and basically it's like how much championship equity do I believe in that division? In terms of the top teams in that division, do I believe in them in wild card contenders? You know, how deep is that division? So for me, the AL Central was the bottom. Bottom team because the Twins are the best team in that division, and I just don't believe in the Twins as a World Series contender. Like I think, I think they're a good team, but I don't, I can't foresee a world where the Twins are holding up the World Series trophy at the end of the season. I just don't think they're pitching an offense is good enough. The White Sox and Guardians, they're two near 500 teams, but they've both been kind of disappointing this year. The White Sox are having a really weird year under Tony La Russa, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries. The Guardians, they're kind of hot and cold depending on the day. Then Detroit and Kansas City, they're just Not good at all. So for those reasons, I don't look at any of those teams as a team that could win the World Series. Two of those teams are just meaningless, and two of those teams are near 500, but they're not great ball clubs. So for that reason, the AL Central is number six on my list, but who's number five on yours, Paul?
0: It'll be the AL Central, and and I I just think that there's a little more depth there, and some of these teams have underperformed this year. When I just compare at these teams, I just when I look at them, I see more strength in the Guardians, White Sox, Tigers, and Royals than I do uh, with the. Uh, I, I should say I see more in the Guardians, White Sox, and Tigers. I think the Tigers uh, they it might be surprised here, but they've been bit with that injury bug massively this year, which has been huge for their offense, but. I just think those are teams that I think the Guardians are a team that have shown that they that while they might not have the most flashy team, they they still are going to be there. And when you look at the records, only four less wins than the Cardinals with the Cardinals Mm -hmm. team that is poised to have multiple all stars and honestly has two MVP candidates on its team so far. Uh, But I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily. But it's the same thing. The Cardinals have the history, sure, but none of the teams until the Brewers get past the DS, the division series, until they, you know, and they're not playing the Rockies and sweeping them away and stuff like that. I'll believe it when I see it. Same with the Cardinals at this point. They got a lot of stuff, but they also haven't necessarily dominated and they got to go through. I think there's a lot of tough NL teams that you got to go through. Whereas the Twins, depending on a matchup, depending on some stuff, they could go deeper than you might think. And is that based solely on skill? Eh, but I would say the Twins have arguably one of the best, if not the best, one-two-three in baseball. And I, I if you're going to say who's my MVP in the AL right now, might be leaning towards Buxton. I think Oh Shohei wow. again is uh, is pretty insane. But but what Byron Buxton is able to do and what he brings to that Twins team and how how, how big of a factor he plays with with because again, I have a firm belief in in most valuable player means more than just wins and losses. It's how. Mm-hmm. Truly valuable are you to that team? And boy, we, the Twins are a completely different team when Byron Buxton is in that lineup.
1: For sure, Buxton's been huge for that team. But number one in MVP Judge, he's been pretty good. And Shohei That's true, I think, Judge too. Yeah. But again, are we? Can we? Are we really going to negate
0: Shohei being great again on a on a no. on a team? Like how many? I mean, it just is going to have to turn into the Shohei Award. But but again, you know, is Judge? Judge is such a big factor too, but again, it's it's when I look at 162, I, I feel like Buxton, if healthy, could finish with the better full season, whereas Judge might hit some of those slumps. But Judge is also like, I'm in that contract here, and I'm paying for the biggest bucks that anyone's ever seen, so I'm trying to keep hitting balls to the moon as long as possible.
1: Man, you know where a Judge would be good? Maybe in Coors Field next like to Chris. I, Brown. I tell
0: you, when when people were saying, I I, I dove in and I said, and and we were kind of like, what was what would be the one crazy thing? I would say the Rockies clear everything in this off season. go after Judge. Just see, just try, just I mean, because that would be bonkers in terms of what you can be doing because he already got the Bryant money committed like i mean if you can clear it up it could be something wild obviously it's not going to happen i think really the only place that can afford it is the yankees but hey maybe the maybe montford backs up the mac truck to judge because i mean he's going to be listening to play he's going to go like you said he's going to go where the money is and it's not he's played in the he's played in the bronx this whole time does he really need does he need to be a yankee forever does he need to deal with the Yan- you know, being a Yankee in New York the whole time? I don't think so. He'd be happy to go launch nukes for someone else and, and be perfectly fine with making a, a huge chunk of change there.
1: Yeah, if you offer Judge eight, two fifty, I think he's heavily considering leaving the Yankees for the Rockies. It's not like the Yankees have been some they've won a lot of games, but it's not like they've been on the precipice of a World Series ring. Like they've been close, but they've also faltered. I mean, this time. is the closest they've been in the in yeah. the judge. I would say this
0: is the team that you finally say the Yankees have a chance to to go out there and do it. But and it's headlined by Judge, and which is the impressive part there. I, judge came into a contract year and he is he's doing exactly what he needs to do and more. For, for what the, the the doubters are silent there for Darren Judge. I would – trust me, if, if the Rockies – if there is any possibility that that could happen, that would be massive for the Colorado Rockies.
1: Yeah, and real quick on Shohei, Shohei Otani, like you said, he just automatically, if he's playing like this, has to be at least top two in MV, like automatically at least top two and it's It's, only he's at number two because if someone's playing phenomenally better than him then you could give that guy the mvp award but at worst he should be the bare minimum number two finalist every single season he needs to get the hell off that team (laughs) i mean sam and mike trout need to go somewhere else because
0: i thought the angels were going to turn it around this year but uh but they are are absurdly cursed and honestly i i i wouldn't be surprised I, i i'm looking at it i'm thinking about it i'm comparing it but I would say that the AL West could be right there at that four spot in that in the power rankings. I think you could maybe uh, change it the, interchange there with the NL East. But when you look at it, are you more the Astros are the one that sticks out there? But the Mariners are playing great ball. I will say the Mariners are finally living up to their potential. I'm actually in the market. I think the Mariners are going to have a really strong second half of the year. But are they going to outperform the Braves? Are they going to outperform an NLE's team or some NLE's teams that have been impressive? The Phillies are having, uh, you know, getting that uh, contribution from there. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm in that in that
1: four spot. I think I'm going to slot the AL West. Okay, that's fair, because I have my number five spot, the AL West, because the Astros, I think, are the cream of the crop of that division. You know, I think we all know that. And I look at them as a real. World Series contender, like the Astros, basically. We could call them cheaters all we want. Like they're in the championship series or better they're every back. year since yep. 2017. Like they're they're not back. They haven't gotten anywhere. Like, right. Yeah. They're, they're, where they left. <laughs> they're just there every single season. So it's like at some point we're gonna be a decade plus in, and we're gonna be like, All right, are they just the LA Dodgers? Like, I don't care about the cheating scandal anymore. This is 10 years of just straight dominance by the Houston Astros. So I got them the the whole division at number five because after the Astros, the Mariners are starting to make a comeback, they're starting to get a little bit hot, but overall in the season they've been disappointment the angels we forget at one point in the season they were like one of the better teams in the American league and then they lost 15 plus games uh in a row they fired the first ballot hall of fame manager joe madden so they've just gone down a gutter and then the rangers and oakland they just don't look like they're even trying to win games so that's why I kind of basically have the AOS like the AOS Central, but the difference is the Astros are a World Series contender while the Twins are not. And then meanwhile, my number four team is a team you talked about in the NL Central because I look at the Brewers and Cardinals as both teams that could win the World Series. Unlike the other two visions, I only had one team that could potentially win it. I look at the NL Central is two teams. Even though those bottom three teams are absolute trash, they at least two teams. They at least have two teams that I think could win the World Series. Plus, they got the MVP and Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals, and also on the uh, on the Brewers. I mean, you got Corbin Burns, who's also a Cy Young candidate, and that pitching staff is arguably the best in baseball. Once Freddie Peralta comes back with that bullpen, I got the NL Central at number four. Sounds like you got the NL West at number four as well. So, who's your number three team, Paul? Well, NL West,
0: I got much higher than the the number four. I got oh, the uh, the, the
1: AL West. We got at four. Oh, the AL West. That's what I meant to and, say.
0: And uh, going in for the third spot, I'm gonna give it to the uh, the the NL East. I think the East has made a massive strides. I actually thought last year, especially with the way the Rockies played against the NL East, I thought the NL East was a very overrated division. I thought every single team up until the Braves were made their 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 postseason run. I I thought every team was. Overrated. I thought the Braves were dealt with too many injuries, especially with Acuna out. Uh, but this is a, I would say a lot of these teams are interesting and it, and the big sleeper there, if the Marlins are real and the Marlins buy at the deadline, who's going to take down that pitching staff. Sandy's going to win the Cy Young. That's without a doubt. He's the best pitcher in all of baseball. I think the Marlins have the best arm. They have some really interesting stuff. I actually think that that is going to be a very competitive division down the stretch you're not going to see much from the nationals the nationals are going to trade soto that's my big take there and uh uh, they're going to go they're going to go in a different direction and uh but uh i i i am i i don't want to get ahead of it i know they have a history but i'm pretty high on mets taking it all i i really think the mets have crafted a special ball club this year and and it's only getting they're this good and DeGrom and Scherzer haven't even played a huge factor in the season yet, and they're getting him back. And what does DeGrom do? He goes and he mows down a bunch of 18-year-olds that shows back up at the major league level. I-, I think the Mets are scary. I think the Phillies have some interesting stuff. However, they're going to fall out. Losing Bryce Harper is going to be too much. You're not going to be able to compensate for that. Bryce Harper is way too good. Schwarber and Castellanos aren't going to be enough to back up your offense there. Uh, for for the Phillies, but I think they have enough teams that are interesting there. And and of course, a a Braves team that seems yet again to fly under the radar, and here they are sitting at uh, 15 games above 500.
1: Yeah, NL East is also my number three division, like you've talked about. Mets arguably the deepest team in baseball. That rotation is just absolutely nasty. The Phillies started slow, but they picked it up big time over the last month and a half. They have the third best run differential in the National League. They're like plus 60 in the National League. And then you got the Braves, who are quietly just the reigning World Series champions, who had a great month of June, like a double-digit win streak at one point during the The month of June, and then the Marlins like they're the fourth team in the division, but they're sniffing 500. They got the runaway Cy Young Award winner, like you discussed. So, this is quietly a really deep division with a lot of really good talent as well. And then the Nationals, like you said, like outside of Soto, that team is just uninteresting to me. I'm never going to watch a Nationals game, so we don't even got to talk about them. So, Paul, who's your number two team? The AL East
0: is number two, and it and it comes. I I thought this was going to be the best division in baseball, but uh, there's been some underperformance on some stuff. I think the records might not indicate that, and and especially when you compare it to some of the teams. In the National League West, but I truly, deep down, believe that the National League West contains the best talent in all of baseball. I think the AL East has some very interesting stuff. And again, I'm looking at records, and you're kind of, and a lot of people might look at my comparison and like that's kind of crazy, that's kind of crazy. But head to head, when I when I compare teams across, I, I'm taking most of the NL West. Who's my number one? I'll just spoil it now. They, mm-hmm. I, I think the NL West is the best division in baseball uh, as it's been for a bit. Uh, and, and again, I, I I just look at these teams and yes, they all are well above 500, but I, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Jays, are they going to have enough to compete with the Yankees and with some of the depth on the, on the NL side? I I'm not, I'm not so certain when I look at it, I look at when I, when I think of the teams that could beat these teams, The Dodgers can go in there. I know the Giants are on a skid, but I'm not counting the Giants out for nothing. They're going, they're, they're woolen, but what are they going to do? They're going to win 20 out of 26 games at the end of the year. And they're going to be fine. I just worry with Toronto. They have been a very streaky team this year. The, uh, and again, and, uh, and can the Red Sox, overcome some of their struggles which includes runners in scoring position but they get the benefit of the doubt from playing from some wacky stadiums over there but uh, I got the AL East at two I got the NL West at one because I think the Dodgers the Padres the Giants and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are all formable teams I just don't think anybody of them are going to roll over but You can't sit there and say, wow, look at this AL West and and not think that, or the AL East and not think that they're the best, especially when the worst team, the only team below 500 is the Orioles. And for Orioles standards, 39 and 44, far from bad.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I'm calling you crazy, Paul. I think the AL East is easily the best division because you got the Yankees, the best team in baseball in that division, better run differential than the Dodgers, who are also phenomenal, I will add. But the Red Sox, they are crazy talented. They started slow, but they are officially hot. And they got their two best pitchers coming back off injury in Nate Evaldi and Chris Sale. So they've been this good without their two frontline starters. I know the Blue Jays are streaky, but I just look at that team on paper. They're so damn talented. Like, they're the third team in that division I compare them to the third team the NOS like I just look on paper I don't think the Giants and Blue Jays stack up at all when it comes to talent and you might say the Giants are going to come back but I feel like this is them regressing to the mean it felt like they got every break last year every lucky thing and then they lost a lot of talent they lost Chris Bryant to you guys they lost the heartbeat of that team and Buster Posey they also lost um Kevin Gosman, they replaced him with Rodon. But I think when I look at the division side by side, I just think there's so much more talent. Like the Rays is the fourth team who just win 95 games like a machine every single season. Like the Orioles you talked about, they have a better record than both our teams, Paul. Like they're the last place team in the AL East, and they're better than both our teams who are fourth and fifth. So for that reason, I got the AL East over the NL West. But I know you got a heart out. I know you got to leave uh, pretty soon. So, Paul... I appreciate you hopping on today. Any last thoughts or where can the people find you? They they probably need to know that. Where can they find you on social media? Paul?
0: You can find me at Paul Holden 33. You can find at L O Rockies for the show on Twitter, subscribe to locked on Rockies on YouTube. And, uh, Battle for the Basement sure will be fun. But I think you're right, Miller. I think you've convinced me. I'll, I'll take the AL East. I'll change my power rankings off, wow. off of that. for You got the convincing argument. But uh, hit that subscribe button. Support your favorite Locked On host, Millard and myself, there uh, by, by subscribing to our YouTube channels, Locked On D-backs and uh, Locked On Rockies there.
1: Yeah, thanks, Paul, for hopping on today. Thanks for doing this little crossover. I'll let you go because I know you got trivia night tonight, <laughs> so I'll let you hit that. Thanks, Paul, for hopping on. All right, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Backs news coverage and insight. As always, thank you to Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies for hopping on the pod. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Or I guess at the time of you guys listening, it will be Friday. So come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!